Hi, I'm David Terror, and welcome to our live stream news and interview show, Cloud Industry Forum Presents TWF. Uh, and we're in our mixed reality uh, studio, courtesy, courtesy of our friends at Disruptive Live. I'm the CEO of the Cloud Industry Forum, which is a not-for-profit, membership-driven trade body that champions and help, helps accelerate the adoption of cloud technology and services. We've got members like Lenovo and Kaizo PR and Broadcom and Hewlett Packard Enterprise and OBH Cloud and the like. If you want to find out more about us, cloudindustryforum.org. Now, TWF goes live on Mondays at 10 o'clock, and each week we have uh, a tech story or an opinion piece on something that's uh, sparked our interest. And then we interview a guest. Today, we're covering uh, a really cool tech for good and NHS England success, uh, success story that is enabled and scaled and supported by cloud technology. But more on that later. Uh, we're on the lookout for guests to come on the show, so if you're doing something that supports or is supported by secure and trusted cloud technology, we'd like to hear from you. You can connect with us in the comments around this show here on LinkedIn, or you can email us at info at cloudindustryforum.org. I'm at DT on X, I'm David underscore Terror on threads, or you can search for me on LinkedIn. Surname is spelled T-E-R-R-A-R. Today's news and opinion section um, actually starts with the word of the year for 2023. And I'm one of the many people telling you that this is a special pivotal year. Uh, actually, the Collins Dictionary were a bit boring on this. Their word of the year was AI, artificial intelligence, which has obviously been the topic of debate and hype, but also a very effective new reality all year. Now, the Cambridge Dictionary was more creative. They chose hallucinate. Uh, the psychological verb gained an extra meaning in 2023 because it gets to the heart of why people are talking about artificial intelligence. The original definition of hallucinate is, is uh, to seem to see or hear or feel or smell something that doesn't actually exist, usually because of a health condition or maybe because you've had uh, some sort of, uh, taken some kind of drugs. <laughs> um, in 2023, it has an additional meaning relating to when artificial intelligence systems such as ChatGPT which generate text and mimics human writing, hallucinates and produces false information. We've seen examples of that that range from dangerous to amusing to embarrassing. Starting with accurate, trusted data is essential to get the, the best out of Gen AI. That led me to thinking about ChatGPT's announcements earlier this year. Uh, they've added a new GPT-4 Turbo model that is more capable and cheaper and supports a larger context window. Significantly, they've announced a new assistance API. That makes it easier for developers to build, build their own assistive AI apps that have goals and can call models and tools. This kind of ties in for me with Meta's recent announcements of their 28 specific functional assistants and Microsoft's Copilot. We'll see more and more personalized Gen AI based assistants to help us do what we do better and faster. They've also added uh, multimodal capabilities in the platform, including vision, image creation with the DALI 3, and text-to-speech. Even before these announcements, I, I've kept hearing of stories from people I know who aren't techies, saving time and creating all sorts of value-added content, or turning a messy Teams transcript into a really coherent report, that kind of thing. You have seen and heard of plenty of examples like that, and it highlights the significance of the change that's happening around all of us. And that leads me to YouTube's announcement last week of what they called their approach to responsible AI innovation. They've got their community guidelines, but we're all worried about the effects Gen AI could have on fake news and impersonation. They already have policies that permit, prohibit 
uh, technically manipulated content that misleads viewers, but they are going a stage further. They're worried about AI-generated video that realistically depicts an event that never happened, or content showing someone saying or doing something that they didn't actually do. That kind of thing which could be incredibly damaging in today's polarised world. So over the coming months, months, they'll introduce updates that inform viewers when they, the content they're seeing is synthetic. Specifically, they'll require creators to disclose when they've created altered or synthetic content that is realistic, including using AI tools. So when creators upload content, they'll have new options to select and indicate that it contains realistic, altered or synthetic material. And a new label will be added to the description panel, which indicates that some of the content was altered or synthetic. And for certain types of content about very sensitive topics, they'll apply a more prominent label to the video player itself. So the range of AI hallucination goes from getting it wrong to dangerous and damaging. Uh, we need uh, new rules and a clear vision to navigate this new wave of AI transformation that we're all experiencing. And so to our guest. Today, we'll be talking healthcare and social care, telling an NHS England tech for good success, success story that's supported and enabled by cloud technology, as well as discussing the future of healthcare technology. My guest is Pollyanna Jones, um, and I need to declare an extra two interests today. I'm involved with both my cloud industry forum hat on and with my agile elephant digital consultancy hat on. And Alan Patrick and Janet Parkinson and I have been working with Polly on this since 2017. And one of the things we'll cover today is Agile Elephant's just published 12-page executive summary, which is our latest report on, on what we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, Polly, welcome to the show. Please tell us what you've done and what you're doing next. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Um, so I guess you're, I'm here today because I was the founder and I'm the chair of the Future NHS platform, which is the largest online collaboration platform for healthcare, I think, anywhere in the world. And now we're at, I think, nearly 400,000 really regular active users. And these are people who are staff across health and social care. We're working together like, every day to share their ideas. Yes. Um, my background is really working all the way through healthcare from emergency medicine to managing de hospital departments to leading some of our data analytics work in COVID, recently working and leading our commercial innovation in NHS England and life sciences. And I've just joined Monster Lab as a partner in health and life sciences. So really taking that experience and to a global stage now. Excellent stuff. Monster Lab. That sounds interesting. Sure. We'll get to that. Later. Um, so tell me, um, Future NHS, what started it? What, what was the reason for it starting in the first place? So when I managed an emergency department in Cambridge, I, every year we got sent these reports from NHS England and we had to write a winter plan. What were we going to do? Were we going to put a GP at the front door to triage care? How would we approach this big, scary situation where lots more patients came in? And I thought to myself, there are lots of hospitals in England. Is everyone being asked to write a winter plan? <laughs> And I'd have to send it to NHS England, and it was this big template. Yeah. And I said, can I see anyone else's winter plan? And they said, oh, we don't have the capacity to send them all out. A year later, I joined NHS England, and I was joining to do something else. And I thought, while I'm here, I've got a bit of a national platform, and I want to solve this problem. I want to make it when the winter plan is sent, because I don't think they're secret, that other people can see each other's winter plan and share the ideas live while they're doing the project. Yeah, exactly. And I got to use the opportunity I had to, because I really understood kind of data and cloud and user experience websites to design something that allowed us to build that at scale, kind of embracing that social movement thinking and a really bottom up product for the NHS. And, you know, we started with one problem and we started with the philosophy that it was going to be 
what the user wanted and it was really traceable. So when you uploaded your emergency department plan, you could see that everyone else had an emergency department plan. You could see who downloaded it, who used it. And it just built that trust and confidence with the NHS brand above it. We didn't really have permission to use the NHS brand at first, but once we grew over like the years and COVID and we were starting to get 100,000 plus, it really became, I would say like the energy behind the NHS. The things you think about when you think about a massive national health service is the ability for everyone to work and connect together. And you do that when you're seeing a patient and they come in and you're treating someone, but about how to transform and taking that time to change care, yeah. Future NHS gave us the space to do that. Excellent stuff. Now, when I first met you back in 2017, you just started the, the uh, Future NHS. It had been going for maybe like four or five months. And back then, uh, it, it had 5,000 users, and we were help, uh, giving you the business case to grow it to 12,000 users. Now, where is it now? So we're at 385,000 active users. So this is not everyone who's ever used the platform. This is people actively logging on on a very regular basis to share information. Which is brilliant. And, and um, the report we're just publishing uh, is going to take you to uh, projecting, gives you the business case to grow it to 600,000. Exactly. And that's really exciting because it's 1.2 million people who work in health and social care. And we really want to be able to encourage all of them to join, but join because they think they can add value and they can contribute on documents and work together. Not join because they're told to, because that's not really the way that we find we get the best out of the staff and the contributions of patients and other you know, companies that support the NHS at the same time, because the platform is open to everybody. Now, um, I, know, I know that you said you're, you're the chair of the, of the platform now. The person who's doing the job from when I met you way back in 2017 is, is uh, Alice Montgomery-Reed. And I think her and her team, I, mean, I think they're doing a fantastic job, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that team is fantastic. The way they work in a really agile way and, you know, a more bureaucratic organisation and really embrace cloud just from every way they work. Yeah. And the way they've taken what, you know, was a social movement and something that was built maybe in a more organic way, but put really process behind it, really focusing on user-based design and constantly meeting those users, understand what they need and iteratively improving something that's very scalable yes. with the power of cloud behind it to help them scale. Excellent stuff. Now, let's talk a bit about the numbers. I mean, obviously we were helping you build, build the business case for, for growing it, but, but you know, what's the, what's the ROI like? What, what's the business case like? I mean, even if you just looked at the technology alone and you didn't look at any of the benefits around how the platform's done things such as improved safeguarding guidance, improved guidance for how digital nursing works, you're looking at the NHS doubling, tripling its investment on this quite cheap technology and staff costs and input of time. Just for the fact that, you know, not one person wrote the guidance for safeguarding and how to implement it and share those case studies, but 4,000 people who work in safeguarding built that together. Yeah. Where else in the world is it happening that you're co-creating guidance in that way? And so the ROI for that, which we haven't even measured, would then just blow your numbers out of the water. Yeah. And there are so many other use cases about how the platforms transform things, how it's transformed COVID-19 and the NHS. Actually, that's exactly what I was going to ask you next. I know this helped you with COVID-19. Tell us a bit about, about what you, what you, how, it, how it helped what you did. I mean, COVID was such a shock for everybody. And, you know, we had plans and stuff in the NHS, but it was a surprise for us. But having an online platform where we were already sharing documents just allowed us to spin up at speed lots of different communities to work together. Whether that was when we were bringing retired doctors back and we needed somewhere to just quickly post guidance and understand what were the issues were, because you didn't know what the issue was going to be. We hadn't done it before. Yeah. Or where you're a member, the Analyst X Forum, where we developed somewhere, you know, data was a new, new thing. We really were behind in data back then. And we had to bring all the analysts in the NHS together and we have 
15,000 analysts, large number, coming together to co-develop code, create guidance, share the latest technology here. No, it's, and, I, and I think, I mean, you, you started that uh, Analyst X community, I think it was uh, uh, literally just days before lockdown. <clears throat> and, and I'm proud, I can announce to you uh, that actually Cloud Energy Forum is, is one of the strategic partners for that community because it's going to end up doing more than just collecting together yeah. data scientists and people with problems and people with the data. I mean, let me tell you a bit about the story of that. I was um, in the instant room just before COVID hit. Yeah. And I, I'd been doing shifts for a while as an instant manager. So when you work in NHS England, you need to help kind of gather what the regions are doing and help share that information and how the NHS is run. And we started to get the cruise ships in. And I had my colleague Zeke Meet Panasar was in the office and I said, look, you need to come down and see this. Like, I think we need to start getting a few things ready on data and we're gonna need to do a big thing. So I managed to get him to come down and we thought, what are we going to do? And the first thing we thought we do is we're going to have to bring all the analysts together to figure out how we speed this data, how we develop things like an early warning system for COVID and stuff, and how we bring all those minds, all those scientists together to get the ability for the country to handle this. Yeah. So we built the analyst forum and Analyst X then was about developing the code for that. But we've got so many other challenges in the NHS now, elective recovery, hitting the waiting lists, understanding how we can adopt kind of imaging at scale using data and things and Analyst X allows us to think about all those applications of technology both taking the learning in from partners like the Cloud Industry Forum but also by just transforming how we think about how our staff think about working on those technologies and how we share those ideas and you know Alex is running that on a day-to-day -day basis and he's just doing a brilliant job at bringing everyone together and amplifying what we could do as one in a collective and that's what future nhs was all about excellent and and just as a, an aside if if, um, if anybody wants to find out more about what future nhs is doing and what it's done and where it's heading next uh, we're just publishing today the a 12-page kind of extended ex executive summary which you can actually go find at future nhs dot nhs dot uk forward slash agile elephant report and uh, go go have a look and We'll find out more. You'll find out more about uh, it all there. Now, you've told us about the fact you're moving to Monster Lab. Tell us a bit about that new gig. Why, why have you made the shift and what are you planning to do? The NHS has given me like the most amazing opportunities to really be at the forefront of data, technology and science and scaling. But it's in the UK and Monster Lab is an exciting digital consultancy which really allows me to embrace what's borderless, a lot of experience that's cross-industry around improving customer experience, the use of technology and data and digital <coughs> strategy and take that knowledge of healthcare that I have, the knowledge of like digital transformation and ex customer experience that Monslab have and the ability that I can be borderless anywhere in the world and I can take that learning to other countries and hopefully that will grow me as a person. I'll be able to grow and learn so much about what other places are doing in this space and bring that back to the NHS in the future. So it's like a very exciting thing for me to get to go be partner of such a like incredible business and I can't wait. That sounds exciting. And I know that uh, AI and Gen AI are going to be components in that. Can you tell us a bit about the kind of ideas you've got to deploy those things? Well, you know, the NHS has really moved forward with AI, especially around like using it for imaging. Mm -hmm. But Gen AI just takes that to another level and another scale. Like how can we use that to improve clinical workflows and decision making and the process? How can we transform the way that drugs are researched and then discovered and then really improve with synthetic data, getting that new treatment care to patient faster. Mm -hmm. I just think it could really transform all of medicines, all of clinical decision making, and 
there's a real opportunity now for regulators to get involved in the NHS and globally to make sure we've got a safe and secure way of doing that to really you know, take the human population forward. And I can't wait to do that. And once the lab in such a great borderless organisation yeah. and then come back and take those learnings into the NHS and grow them with the MSX community. Excellent. And I know that you're rejoining your uh, colleague Suk Sukmeet, Suki Panasar, uh, who's joined Monster Lab as well. I think it would be great if we got you both back to talk more about, about how you're deploying AI and Gen AI. So will you come back to another show? Yeah, I think we'd love to come back and talk more of a clinical angle about Gen AI and stuff in the future. Fantastic. Well, that's been really interesting. Thanks for telling us the, uh, the, the Future NHS story. It's been really great to have you on the show. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I think you'll agree with me that, uh, that Polly was awesome explaining the NHS England uh, kind of success story that Future NHS is. Uh, go find that uh, executive summary, re summary report to find out some more. Um, we'll be back next Monday at 10 o'clock, live streaming as, uh, as usual. Actually, next week we've got uh, a guy called Benjamin Ellis of, of uh, uh, Social Optic who's going to be talking to us. Um, if you're interested, you can get more information about us at cloudindustryforum.org. See you next week.